Welcome, everybody, to Kingdom Link Podcast. We are honored that you have chosen to join with us today. We are so excited to have you. We really believe that here at Kingdom Link that leadership only matters if it is passed on. Thank you so much for being with us again. We really hope that you enjoyed our last episode, our interview with Jordan Fry. It was a great blessing to be able to meet with him and interview him. Today, we have a great and special lesson uh, today. Today is a lesson that uh, Tim W. Gill has done in previous uh, months ago that he did for a district in our organization. Dad, why don't you tell us a little bit of this lesson that you taught? Thank you, David. It's great to be here today. We appreciate the opportunity to come and be a part of Kingdom Link. Um, Certainly enjoyed your interview with Jordan Fry. And it's great to see God using young men to do unique things for the kingdom. Uh, We are uh, going to be today sharing with everyone a lesson we taught, uh, a leadership lesson on servant leadership, the priority of servant leadership. And I certainly believe that it is uh, essential today that we understand the foundational quality of true leadership. The world has many models the Bible has one. And I believe it is shown throughout Scripture, servant leadership. So so today, that's that's kind of what we're going to be doing. I'm really excited to dive into this, and we hope you are too. So stay with us, tune in, and join in for this lesson on servant leadership. The priority of servant leadership. When a person accepts the call to the ministry, they are accepting the call to servanthood. They are accepting the call to be a servant leader. Ministry and servant leadership are synonymous terms that show for us the attitude that John the Baptist had when he said, I must decrease, but he must increase. I must decrease, but he must increase. If you look at Mark chapter 10 and verse 42, you will find that Jesus called them to him and said unto him, ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you that whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister and whosoever shall be chiefest among you shall be servant of all. I believe that there are those that rush into ministry with the notable idea that they want to be noticed, have a position, and desire greatness. Most people desire greatness. Most people desire to win. You know, you never see a, um, an athlete, a boxer, or, or a football player, or baseball player, or tennis player, say, um, we're really going to lose today. That's what we want to do. We want to lose. But when you think of the idea and the concept of a servant, Jesus put it like this. I want you to lose yourself for the sake of the gospel. Because in the kingdom principles, it is in losing that we truly win. For the ultimate goal in in ministry is to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou good, faithful servant. 
I remind you today that our identity and ministry, our significance, our sense of self-worth, and our meaning of living is not based on a role or a position or a title. Our significance is not because we have great sermons, but our identity is based upon being a servant, not how many we lead, not how many we baptize, not how many we have running in our, our, our church or our ministry. All those are great things, but that should not be our identity. Our identity should be being a servant. We find that the best example of leadership is found in the model by Jesus Christ. First of all, he had a mission. I believe every ministry needs a mission. His mission was to do the will of his father. John 6 and 38 says that he come to do the will of his father. John 4 and 34, he said, my meat, Jesus did, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So he had a mission and that was to do the will of the father. He also had a vision for that mission and that was to serve and to save. Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Luke 19 and 10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus understood his mission, but he also understood that that mission required a attitude or a vision that he would accomplish the father's will. Jesus, with his clear mission, articulated that that mission would be done by serving, serving. We're called to be servants when it comes to ministry. Jesus gives us that clear definition of being a servant. I like how uh, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 put together a, 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 a statement describing Jesus and his identity. Matter of fact, he said in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ should be our goal in life, but also in ministry. I believe that there's a desperate need to get a hold of the disposition or the intellect or the mindset of Christ. The word mind here is a word which means to exercise the mental disposition in a certain direction. <clears throat> we find in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6 that Jesus begins to show us through his action in the writing of Paul here how that he transformed servanthood. Look at this verse with me. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 and 7. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Jesus, our leadership example, brought to us the concept of transformational leadership, transformational servant leadership. There is a desire within human nature to be recognized. There is a desire within the human nature, and it's a part of ministry as well, to be exalted and honored. We all want that kind of honor. It's an innate desire to, to fuel our ambition, to be ambitious for Christ. Those are good things if they're founded on the right attitude. 
There's nothing wrong with ambition. There's nothing wrong per, per, with pursuing goals. But it's got to be founded with the right motive. And that's what it means when it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul said of Jesus in Philippians 2, is that he made no reputation for himself. He made no reputation. The Greek word here means to empty oneself or to divest oneself of a position. God could not empty himself of himself. He could not empty himself of his deity because the Almighty cannot cease to be almighty. The everlasting cannot cease to be everlasting. But yet he chose in the flesh, Jesus, for the sake of the ministry and mission to divest himself of his glory, to deprive himself, as it were, of his own reputation. The great transformation reveals that Christ did not selfishly exploit his deity. He didn't exploit being king of kings for selfish purposes, but rather he laid aside his glory and picked up the form of a servant. Paul said, who being in the form of God took upon the form of a servant. This word form here is morph in the Greek, and it refers to an outward display of an inward quality. It refers to, the, to, to that, uh, uh, what one sees being displayed externally in Christ is the reality of what he was in his heart. So when he took upon the form of a servant, he divested himself of his glory and took upon that which he was already a servant towards men. We find that Christ changed his mode of expression from that of the form of glory of deity to that of, of, of humiliation, as it were, of a bondservant. <clears throat> we find that the Lord of glory, the King of the universe, the creator of all things, who at the Passover feast laid aside his garment, wrapped a towel around himself, and performed the duties of a common slave. John chapter uh, 13 and verse 3 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, raised from supper, ariseth from supper and laid aside his garment, took a towel, girded himself, and he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to, to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Here's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Almighty, divested himself he could have said, I am the Lord of glory. You need to be washing my feet. But rather he presented to us a Tao ministry mentality that says, I will step aside. I'll lay aside this garment and take upon the Tao. In ministry, you've got to be willing to say, I am going to empty myself of my reputation I may be smarter than some people. I may be more talented than some people. Maybe that you have a, a skill that's greater than others that you are serving. But Jesus taught us the example of humbling ourselves, of bringing ourselves into the form. He went from form to form. 
I, I find it very uh, uh, disheartening when I see a ministry that says, boy, I could hammer them. I could put people in their place. Jesus decided to show the demonstration of leadership by simply changing from form to form, from form to form. That was his model of leadership. Let me show you from Philippians chapter 2, eight attitudes of a servant leader. Eight attitudes of a servant leader. Found in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1 through 4. Let me read it for you quickly. If there therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Again, I want to show you eight attitudes that is descriptive here, described here in this passage that show servant leadership. Because true ministry begins with serving. No role of ministry in the church, no position in the church, no job, no task or calling can be effective unless there is first a willingness to have transformational leadership mentality happen in our life. Number one, a servant expresses encouragement. These are attitudes of a servant, attitudes of ministry. A servant expresses encouragement. The passage that Paul writes is, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ. Consolation means solace, comfort, exhortation, or encouragements. Servant leaders, servant ministers are encouragers. They seek to lift others' level of confidence up. Servants will express encouragement. Number two, servants have genuine empathy. For Paul writes, if there be any bowels and mercy. Now that's an interesting phrase that needs a little bit of, uh, of dissecting uh, to, to understand bowels and mercy. Bowels and mercy means to feel deeply. It describes the compassion that moves a man to the deepest depths of his emotion. So servants, servant leaders, ministers are not to be detached emotionally from those that they serve. Number two, servants have genuine empathy. First of all, we've got to express encouragement. Number two, have genuine empathy. Feel for those that you are ministering to. Jesus, our example, is a high priest that is that feels what we're going through. If you really want to minister to people, have a heart of empathy. Number three, servants maintain unity. Paul said, be like-minded, having the same love. Servants are not meant to be uh, 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 peacekeepers, but rather to be peacemakers. Peacemakers are not appeasers, but they seek to bring harmony to the body. 
Peacemakers don't just stop wars. They replace wars with reconciliation and unity. So it is very important as a man of God to maintain unity. Maintain unity in the local church where you serve. Maintain unity in the organization where you are connected. So servants will express encouragement. They will have genuine empathy and they maintain unity. Number four, servants understand purpose. Servants understand purpose. The Bible here says being of one accord and one mind. Servants see the big picture. They look beyond themselves and they see the big picture. This was a true apostolic trademark of the early church. They breathed as one. Their focus was one. Their intent was one. Individuals and different and distinct in ministry, yes. It wasn't that they were all cookie cutter preachers, but they were focused as one. They understood that being in one mind and one accord means that our attitude and our mission is lining up together. Servants understand purpose. Number five, servants are not politically motivated. When you join an organization, there is a tendency sometimes to look at it through the eyes of the world, to just look at it through the eyes of politics. I understand that structure and order are essential. They're biblical. And being a part of God's kingdom means that we come under some structure and some order, and organizations can do that. But strife, mudslinging, Salacious smear campaigns erode the character of the ministry, both the one slinging and the one receiving. Strife here means, quote, engineering or intriguing for office, a desire to put oneself forward through a partisan fractioning spirit. Strife is about politics. Don't allow yourself to be caught up in the politics of an organization to where it becomes anti-servanthood, but rather it promotes flesh. So servants are not politically motivated. <clears throat> Look at number six. Paul said, let nothing done, be done through vain glory. Servants must not be conceited. Let nothing be done through vain glory. That means that servants should not be conceited. Servants do not have uh, excessive, favorable opinions and always present them as in my idea is better than anyone else. Servants are not narcissistic, self-centered, egotistical jerks. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in the idea that I'm drunk on self-importance, but rather that we are consumed with the purpose, doing the will of the Father, and with the vision, and that's being the servant. Servants serve with excellence, yes. Servants serve with quality, yes, but not for vainglory, but to give our King glory. Servants serve with ambition for the kingdom, not to build a castle for their person. Servants do not crave the spotlight, but they use discretion 
when they begin to live their ministry out. I think it's very important that you understand this on social media. Be very careful of posting for vainglory. So let's reflect just for a minute before we go to the next one. Servants express encouragement. They have genuine empathy. They maintain unity. They understand purpose. They're not politically motivated and they serve without conceit. Number four, which is like the positive of last, uh, number six, negative. Paul said, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Servants serve humbly. Servants are humble. Genuine humility is not about bemoaning how low you are or bringing yourself down to be like, well, I'm just a worm. I'm just a nothing. I'm just a nobody. No, that is, that, that is really pride in reverse. But true humility is about lifting others up. It is about bringing others and esteeming others better than yourself. Serving with humility is wanting others to succeed above you. Wanting others to have exciting, wonderful, uh, even popular ministries beyond, uh, beyond even what you feel. Even if you may think they may do a better job, lift up other people. Or you may think they do a, a, a lesser job than, than perhaps you do. It is our responsibility as servants to serve humbly, and that means to lift up others as we do it. <clears throat> Number eight, this is the last one here, the attitude of the servants, and that is servants work well with others. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Working with others may be the servant's most difficult task. Because you can't control others. You can't manipulate others. You have to strive for teamwork mentality. A servant is willing to sacrifice their own self-interest for the interest of the group. A servant leader values other people's ideas and opinions. And so organization alone does not assure that a person will work together because sometimes people just do not and will not work together. But I will tell you this, there could be no teamwork without servanthood. There could be no teamwork without servanthood. John Maxwell says, quote, foundation of leadership is relationship. People will not go along with you if they cannot get along with you. So let's just recap just for a minute. A servant will express encouragement. Ask yourself today, do I bring comfort or do I bring confrontation? Next, we find that a servant will have genuine empathy. Genuine empathy. We ask ourselves, do people believe that I will understand what is happening in their lives and how it affects them? As the old adage is, before you uh, begin to criticize somebody, walk a mile in their moccasins. Have genuine empathy. Also, a servant needs to maintain unity. That's being in harmony with the Spirit. Paul said that we are endeavored to maintain the unity of the Spirit. If you are in the Spirit and I am in the Spirit, then we are automatically unified. Also, we find that they understand purpose. 
They understand purpose. They see the big picture. It's not about promoting my ministry or your ministry alone. It's about seeing the big picture of the kingdom. They understand purpose. Also, servants are not politically motivated. They are kingdom motivated. Servants serve without conceit, without self-intention, but rather kingdom intentions. Servants serve with humility, lifting others up, equipping others, strengthening others. And then servants are team players. They work well with others. We find that Paul had said, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let me, let me just wrap this up with this thought today. Servanthood is the only model that expresses God's concept of true leadership in ministry. Let me say it again. Servanthood is the only model that expresses God's concept of leadership in ministry. Jesus said in John 12 and 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If I have the mind of Christ, and I will have the same mentality as the mission of Christ, and that is to please the Father and do the Father's will, and if I have the attitude or the vision of Christ, and that is to do it with a servant's heart, then I can express, I can expect, I can expect for my Father in His way to honor me, to bless me. Servanthood is the way to blessing in ministry. Wow, what a great lesson on servant leadership that we just heard from Tim W. Gill. I know I've walked away with some more knowledge on how I need to conduct myself better and to do some things better in my life and in my leadership. We have a great announcement today here at Kingdom Link. We now have a Facebook page, a Kingdom Link Facebook page. So we want you all to go out, give it a like, give it a share, and just let your friends know that you support some Kingdom Link because we know we do. Uh, I think I'm pretty excited about our Kingdom Link uh, Facebook page. You can find us by typing in the search Kingdom Link, or if you want to go directly, our address is at Kingdom Link podcast. And uh, we're wanting to to provide more content. As a matter of fact, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to put on there notes from this lesson that we taught so you can go and download it. We'll have a link on our uh, podcast information uh, point in in the podcast. So it's a, a way that you can communicate with us, get connected with us, and we want to be able to share content and accept questions and any suggestions, you know, that, that somebody might have for a podcast, we're looking forward to that. Absolutely. So go to Facebook, give Kingdom Link a like and a share. We can't wait and to see and communicate with every one of you. And remember, here at Kingdom Link, we believe that leadership only matters if it is passed on. Go pass it on today. Mm-hmm.